So this evening I'd like to uh, share some reflections with you around the theme of metta, loving-kindness. One of the Brahma Viharas that um, I want to sort of be exploring. And as always, the encouragement I always feel like offering is to encourage a sense of listening. You know, I know you all listen to a lot of Dhamma talks. (laughs) In that kind of grounded, spacious way where you're... It's like your whole being is kind of listening widely and deeply and that the words and ideas that are happening may or may not be useful or relevant, but there's a sense of that way of listening as if you were listening with your whole body. I think there's more chance for what is resonant, what is useful to, um, to happen, to be felt, to be known, um, and it might be an image or a phrase or, you know, just something that bubbles up kind of while or through the listening. So, you know, this sense of the talk is really something that's happening. You know, there is no talk. <laughs> Something's happening, maybe, if... There's speaking and there's listening, and how to, yeah, how to let that really be um, yeah, a kind of showing up for practice, you know, of, of a certain kind. So really hope that there might be something helpful, but if not, I beg your indulgence. <laughs> and um, you know, feel like um, so much of the benefit of these talks and these occasions is really the gathering together, you know, of all of us gathering in that kind of, to affirm our, the, our, our commitment to the precepts and to, to bow to whatever it is we bow to that is meaningful for us, that is inspiring for us, that is reminding us of some sense of meaning and purpose in being here and that we do that together. Um, Yeah, so may this be of support and and benefit. Um, I've... As often happens, I feel like I haven't really found the talk yet. I hope to find something in the offering. (laughs) Maybe that's often what life is like. You know, you're not ready. Okay, here we are. Um, (laughs) And um, I've taught so much on this theme, and every time with these great Dharma themes, maybe you find the same with the practices you know, for me, I think it's a bit like, well, what what does this mean? Do I really know? Oh dear, <laughs> maybe not. So you may have your own sort of experiences with that, and and I think that it's actually there's a really, if I can open to it and not feel, you know, that oh dear, you know, I can't, or you know, I don't know much, or 
but that actually that sense of opening and it's an it's an inquiry. It's a what does what does meta what does that really mean here and now? You know, what do I know of that? What can I feel and know and recognize, right? Because don't these things can these great themes, maybe mindfulness, maybe any theme, you know, it can kind of we kind of go to sleep around it or, or, or just, yeah, I know what matter is, is kindness, you know. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so I, I, I hope maybe, you know, these times when we gather and we hear Dhamma teachings and it's like, ah, oh, can you, you know, let it be kind of awakening some sense of that quality in you or some sense of interest in, yeah, what is that? And what might that mean for me now in my practice? You know, because probably it can mean different things at different times. So a sense of the aliveness of, of feeling into this, this energy, this quality, this um, intention, so many ways that it can be kind of described. Um, Sometimes described in the in the in the suttas as the, the great healer, a great healer. So that's something to me is interesting. Is how how is it that meta heals? And I'm not gonna. I'm gonna pre ask a number of questions and not really answer them, but just something for us to maybe feel out and explore for ourselves. And. Um, a theme I've particularly been, it's been kind of coming into focus today, particularly. And I just want to share it with you, and it, it might be something we keep touching on as we go through the different reflections and teachings, and of the, the sense of practice being um, an invitation to come home. a profound and beautiful, loving invitation to come home. And, you know, maybe all of practice, all of the teachings, all of the wholesome qualities are actually, I mean, for, for, again, it's different for different people. For me, that that's kind of a very... Uh, a very resonant um, invitation or what it was actually this afternoon I was remembering um, times of practice at Gaia House in, in England and particularly when I first stumbled upon it not knowing anything about Buddhism or anything it's like, oh, well, let's try this um, <laughs> And during those first retreats, just having this profound sense of coming home and not to the place, or I loved the place and that was sort of part of it, but it was more like I had never in my life been supported, invited and supported and allowed to really be, you know, with myself, you could say, right, with my experience in in a kind environment, and, you know, I can remember there was lots of suffering and all, you know, all, but there were also these moments of just 
like this sense of relief of 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 of, of coming home to myself, my heart, my you know the mind coming home to itself. So that's just this theme of homecoming or coming home of how meta for for me and again maybe this is a bit different for different people is part of how like when I think of those early times like part of how I was able to oh because I felt enough yeah a sense of the kindness of people I I remember I've said this before in talks so it's kind of sitting in an interview with Christina Feldman early on and just weeping and weeping and saying, so people are so kind. <laughs> and she just sat there and went, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I think maybe that's, you know, part of and this quality. Maybe when one has felt a very strong sense of, of unwelcome in the world, for many different reasons, or is this a lot of internalized harshness and self-judgment, and uh, all the ways we can carry this sense of people? You know, there's not kindness, there's not safety, and uh, carried that's carried inwardly as a kind of atmosphere, or a kind of view, or a sense of the world and and others, and and how wonderful it is when you're somewhere where you can actually. Oh, maybe, maybe I can, you know, lie under a bush in the garden, and nobody's going to come and say, "What are you doing, lying under that bush, looking up through the?" It's not very useful, is it? So you can hear there's a voice there from my, <laughs> from my childhood. Well, it's a bit of a stupid thing to do, isn't it? Um. So, you know, maybe this sense of homecoming um, or coming home to is always like I've been lovely talking to people today and yesterday and I'm so looking forward to talking to others tomorrow, like coming back to the forest refuge or coming back into retreat, coming back into practice. doesn't feel like that for everybody, but for some people. And so... There's this hope that this, these themes of the Brahma Viharas and, and of Metta, just that we're highlighting that this evening, that it can be part of how you can, like, ah, you know, just... And again, like, letting that deepen, you know, the, the sequence that the Buddha describes, sometimes you feel comfortable, you feel safe, feel glad, body relaxes... Body relaxes, mind gets a bit happy, mind gets happy, mind concentrates, oh, mind's stabilized and insight arises. <laughs> so I think there's something, again, it's, it's not, it's very, I hope you get a sense of that, that, that how the, the, the quality of metta is a sort of one way perhaps that we can really gradually find that that process of yeah relaxing and arriving more and more deeply um, yeah so um 
let's see, let's see. So a sublime abode, a home. I thought, ah, that's... So the Buddha's recommending, like, sort of these these qualities and other, other abidings, but this one where, like, what would it be like to... To live in that. I mean, I, for one, don't feel I always do. You know, I aspire. (laughs) And so this sense of that directionality, you know, intention, like, oh, yeah, you know. Or often I feel like the directionality that's more helpful is down. It's like, you know, rather than over there, I've got to, you know, get there so I can get some meta. It's like, it's more like this, mm, mm, yeah, I don't know what the words are for that, it's just just like, mm mm-hmm, right, (laughs) and that the the matter is is somehow, it's, it's, it's here in this beginning to find a, a, gradual and not straightforward kind of descent through the hindrances one might say or a relaxation through the or um okay another image that i've used a lot in teaching springs to mind so from uh, harry potter so there's one image that i love where um so they're in this willow tree the womp the whomping willow it, for those of you who don't know the story don't worry but it's this magic tree and they, they're trying to follow someone and they go into this tree and their roots are all like very tangly and, and they know they've got to kind of go down to follow who they're following. And they're like, how do you? And the thing, well, the roots are kind of tangling around them. They're like struggling. How can I, what should we do? I don't know, you know. And, and Hermione's really clever. She says, oh, I read in a book somewhere. <laughs> Books helpful, somebody you know, remembering, applying. Um, you just relax, and and you'll you'll just sink through it. So, she and Harry managed to follow this instruction <laughs> and relax, and you see them kind of like. But um, poor Ron is like, I can't relax. What do you mean? I can't relax. There's like you know, and he's stuck. And the thing is getting tighter and tighter. And um, anyway, down Hermione. Harry up down. See the importance of good friends here. Um, remembers another thing that helps, and, and she points at some the wand, and, and this light shines on the roots, and they open, and Ron plops out. So I'm going to be sharing lots of images. So I hope you feel free to let them just see which ones might be helpful maybe this is not true for everybody but images help me so much so I hope you find some that are helpful Um, so I want to read one of my top fave poems Dharma um, poems by the great Mary Oliver a New England poet who's not with us anymore seems very relevant to this this theme of metta and coming home called wild geese you do not have to be good 
You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body loves, love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. I'll put it on the board for anybody who would like to see. I'm just astonished by that poem every time I read it. So just in terms of the theme that we're... It's like this sense of how for so many of us, perhaps not everybody, there's this sense of not good enough. I mean, and that's not exactly what she's saying, but this sense of I've got to, you know, to get the good and the meta and to get, you know, I've got to you know, earn it. Got to really work for it, right? I don't, I don't think that's what the Buddha's saying. It's like, it's more like it's already here, it's already given, it's already available. It's unconditional. It's boundless, measureless. It doesn't say, well, Maybe tomorrow, when you're in a better mood. Okay, a bit of meta. Not now. Not in that. Not in that state. No way. And I'm kind of making light of it, but I think that many of us sort of live in that atmosphere, live live with that conditioning, and so it can be a real process. And I think this is certainly still true for me of somehow sort of cleaning out or kind of. Uh, gradually allowing the metta to to digest and heal and um, sort of dissolve some of those patterns which can go very deep and so, you know yeah so um, this this home this sense of announcing your place in the family of things because another theme that was coming to mind around this was a sense of belonging like I think for me the meta can be a it's, it's, it can enhance that sense of there, there is belonging you know not I belong or I belong here or I belong because but just there is belonging it's almost like it's just it's like part of a human or even sentient, I don't know, but just talk about human um, kind of um, 
possibility or birthright or something like and it's the alienation a sense of separation a sense of me separate from everybody that kind of deprives us of, of, of this natural sense of belonging natural just because just because just because we do or just because we're here not not having to earn that and I think that's something um yeah, very. Um, it's very counter to a lot of conditioning, isn't it? That somehow got to fix things and analyze and get it on, you know. And so, like, okay, now here with this, you know, Meta is wanting to heal, wanting to hold, wanting to. It's just, yeah, it's. Um, and I feel uh, another thing I wanted to say was how creative expression, like art, poetry, music, waving your arms or dancing or <laughs> singing or whatever you might, you know, do in your life. Or that I can hear Mary Oliver. Part of what I hear and have so much respect for is this deep inquiry, kind of into well, what you know. What is my life, or what matters, and what what do I want to understand? Right, which I feel is very akin to what we're doing, and so I think that sense of having some sense of creativity in our the way we're practicing, and some sense of can 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 we allow uh, some sense of exploration rather than getting it right or getting an answer or um, yeah so what are we we've got the so the theme of home and belonging and I just I think what I'll do now is I'll maybe go through some of the different ways that maybe we could see this cultivation or undertake this cultivation which um, and not necessarily doing a whole retreat for form, with formal meta practice that might thread into your life, to your practice in different ways. Like I think the practice of the precepts is a is a form or a way of of developing meta, right? This sense of care and concern for for ourselves and others. Um, a sense of reflecting, I mean, kind of what we're doing now, we ask questions, or we study, and we look carefully and, you know, maybe read things or, you know, really look into our, look into our experience and say, what is this? And um, so I want to share. <laughs> um, those of you who do, you know, teach in any way know how much when you have to teach something it makes you think about it <laughs> I mean there's like yeah right what, is, what can I say about this what's here so I want to share something which again in just another mode of perhaps a more analytical or just naming or you know maybe sometimes it is helpful to get a more precise word or concept or something so just listen I'm just going to read out three different groups of terms that might be um, facets of metta 
right? And then just, again, maybe noticing what resonates, what, what feels kind of alive or, you know, maybe what, what you, you know, might, yeah, the heart might kind of feel moved or lifted by or something. Okay, so friendliness, warmth, goodwill, uh, hospitable, welcoming, accepting, nourishing, So another another group, non-harming, absence of ill will, non-contention, letting be, uh, refraining from. So again, for I think for some people and for certainly for me at times, it's really helpful to focus more on the non-contending or you know it's just that somehow that way of approaching it is is easier or more polite I can't love this but I could I can definitely okay let's to be non-contentious with that that's sort of more accessible or possible somehow and then the last little group, boundless, vast, immeasurable, unconditional. So you can hear the different kind of, kind of, yeah, think of it as aspects of this quality. So everything is not a thing, is it? Everything is multidimensional and changes and depends on how we, what we're kind of how we're approaching it and yeah and I also wanted to share a quote from Pema Chodron who said that Maitri which is the Sanskrit for metta she said Maitri is unconditional friendship with ourselves unconditional friendship with ourselves I I really that resonates for me because part of what it points to is this, you know, fair weather friendship kind of. Or we like, I like, you know, I like myself when I'm looking, you know, respectable and behaving well, or getting approval, or you know, I've washed my socks or whatever it is, you know, yeah. I'm like, um, but you know, when we're really grumpy or you know, sad or you know, we're not washing our socks someone else can do it you know <laughs> then then we get very unloving and unfriendly and I, I think part of what I've seen in my practice is this sort of gradual sense of being able to stay a bit more either caring or at least non-aggressive <laughs> non-contentious or what, what would we or non-aversive a little bit more when, when it's really, what's happening feels really unpalatable and not very nice. Right? Do you, that's, and, and I think that's where meta, I don't know if this is a whole other talk possibly, but how it supports 
mindfulness and investigation and wisdom. If you can relate to something with friendship or with non-aversion, you can come closer, right? You can come closer. If you are caught in aversion, can you understand something? I mean, I, I think it's... I don't know if it's impossible, but it's really hard because there's something, sort of, everything's going, you know, there's a kind of, well, like the hindrances, right? Obscuring, obscurations, because if there's a, a vibrational, so the mind is not clear, the hindrances are vibrating and creating disturbance, right? So metta, another thing I wanted to share with you I've been thinking about recently is metta as antidote to the hindrances. So I can really get on my metta hobby horse. This is good for this, it's good for that, it's good for this, it's good for everything. It's like lavender oil, you know. It just sort of heals everything. Um, <laughs> um, so the hindrances. And so that... You know, as a support to our inquiry, as a support to our vipassana practice, just sort of dripping it in. You're using the lavender oil image. You just put a few drops of lavender oil in your in your vipassana practice. That's going to smell good. Give me some more pleasant pleasantness. There will keep you engaged with your inquiry. And yeah, I don't know. It kind of works for me. I like baths with lavender in. Um, okay, so, right, where were we? Um, distracted by lavender. Oh, lovely. Mm. Um, so, I mean, classically, metta is taught as an antidote to aversion, right? We all hear that. Have you tried it? <laughs> Have you tried it? It's like, sometimes I've I've, because I'm so interested in this and how does that work you bring it in and something in you says oh no way you know no way go away I'm busy being aversive meta approach quality maybe maybe tomorrow not now (laughs) something very committed and kind of involved in its aversive activity. Thank you very much. I'm, this is important work. Leave me alone. I'm getting on with my aversiveness. I'm frightened and I'm not giving up on it because I know I have to be. Things are scary. So go away. <laughs> um, I'm making light of it, but I know that, that sometimes I have that sort of, it's almost like there's a choice there. And when I can make the choice to approach... That's usually, if not always, more helpful in continuing the battle. But, yeah, maybe again, it takes resources, doesn't it, and a sort of readiness for that. So metta as a way of being with the the aversion, of actually holding it. So you're not even trying to get rid of it. You're not adding more aversion to the aversion, you know, that whole thing. You're actually going, oh, wait a minute. You know, and then these words like allowing, accepting, let it be. Yeah, and you know, part of you is going, really? I don't think so. This is just horrible. Surely we've got to get rid of this. So, well, just you know, does that really help? I don't think it's helping. So let's just see. And okay, mm-hmm. just seeing what happens. So we're we're 
I mean, I think that's a very profound training right there. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? It's not so easy to do. And then the, the sense of metta coming in to replace. So here's one of the, to me, one of the magic things in Dharma practice. The how becomes the what. If you intend and you manage to find a bit of non-aversion or kindness with something, the something, starts, it, it, it's, it shifts, it morphs, it changes and then somehow it feels like what you're dealing with is more something to do with kindness and how, how and I won't go into all the kind of... But just as I, I find that very relevant to all kinds of parts of Dharma practice, for example, with, with mindfulness and awareness that you... You, you start that starts to become more and more of your reality at times, right? When you're really in practice and that is strong, it's sort of almost like that becomes more predominant, almost as the content of, of your experience, is the awareness. It grows in sort of substance almost. So what we attend to, what's that quote? Um, whatever we think about and frequently think about and ponder upon that will become the inclination of our mind yeah, so so anyway so that's that's the aversive so meta with sense desire and again just briefly I won't spend too long on them but I, I really found this so helpful that the, the pleasantness of meta that the, the the sort of gladdening quality of it, even if it's very mild, it's like that inner, it's, it's like the inner, an inner happiness, an inner pleasure, like samadhi or like, you know, other qualities. So it takes the wind out of the sails of the salesperson of sense desire. You want to go over there and get that because, like, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to. Because, you know, it's so clunky and uncomfortable of course I want that it's going to be nice nicer than this so the that sense of being able to um, feel the pleasantness of metta I I just feel like it can help to you you know need to go out so much and I think the same is true with mindfulness and patience and investigation and other qualities if you feel the pleasantness of them um, but in this case, yeah, it's it's meta. So you might play with that a bit if you're really caught in craving or, you know, like, I really want to... something. And just settle and do a little bit of whatever meta practice, you know, is accessible for you and see, see if it helps. It's just nourishment for the heart, food for the heart. Um, restlessness so to me there's a soothing quality of metta and if you do a metta practice that's repetitive you know rhythm is a very soothing thing for a human human being probably maybe all sentient beings rhythm so it's like maybe well you're doing it with the walking with the breathing and you've got a word or a mantra or phrases right and the repetition sort of soothing quality to that 
or, or even the memory or the image you might use of being in a beloved place and that calming, soothing quality to that. So again, just a simple suggestion or idea. And then with um, sloth and torpor, dullness, sleepiness, can't be bothered, you know, reluctance, that whole thing. The, the meta, I, I'm, again, just for you to, it has a sort of brightening, can have a brightening, kind of enlivening aspect to it, which can be very, can help lift the energy if that's what's needed, whether it's for ourselves or another being or... Um, you know, that's a whole other thing I'm not going to get into so much this evening about, you know, how the sort of technical how of meta practice. But please, if you want to talk to me about it, I could talk about it for, for a long time. <laughs> but lots of lots of ideas and things to, to play with and, and try. And then doubt. And I think one of the ways that metta, maybe the other Brahma-viharas as well, but with metta, you know with doubt, it's like it, you get so stuck in your thinking, then you're trying to think your way out of thinking. And you're trying, if I think about that for long enough, I'll get rid of that thinking. And then I'll get to that thinking, which will sort that thinking out. And where the heck are you? You know, what is happening? <laughs> You're in this sort of, and I don't know what to do, should I do that? You spend three days thinking about that, and you think, yeah, 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 and you're, oh, no, no, you go over here, I'm going to do this, you think, 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 yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. I can remember one retreat, I did, I think I did spend about three days planning a workshop, and, um, you know, a lot of it was, I'll do this, no, 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 I'll do that, you know, and then at the end of it, I thought, I'm never going to do that, forget about it. What a waste of time. But anyway, maybe learned something because I didn't do it again. (laughs) You know, it felt so good. It was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's more a form of sense desire than than doubt, but it sort of had both. You know, how pleasant it is to, pleasant fantasy, you know, planning your, when when we can ever go anywhere ever again, where I'm going to go. And, well, you got here, so maybe you could get somewhere else, even nicer. You know, you want by the sea or something. So doubt, what I feel, what meta does is to kind of, you know, kind of can sort of drop into the heart, drop into the body, drop into that kind of ground, so heart, body, ground. And then somehow... You know, just grounding, bringing, calming the attention in that way, body, heart. Okay, wait a minute. What's And taking care of the anxiety that's often feeding the doubt, isn't it? It's like, it's okay. So then you can do the metta, which is like a small furry animal. You stroke the small furry animal. The, the, the small furry animal is on your lap purring or whatever. I love furry animals, so it might be, for me, it might be a dog or a horse. I get so calm when I stroke a horse. And they say nip you or something, but if they're okay with it, if they're liking it too, it's just like, oh. So, and even just remembering that, you know, remembering that 
such a beautiful way of catalyzing. So we have the practice. And again, you, I hope you're getting a sense of there's so many different ways of cultivating this. It's not just one way. And what suits your temperament, what suits the situation, what suits the formal practice, what suits being on the bus, what's, what works with your family. Or, you know, it's like there's so many different ways. And having that sense, I think, gives us a much, much greater possibility for this to actually inform our life to actually inform our practice, you know, to, to actually have access to this quite, you know, beautiful, amazing sort of quality, intentionality, again, however you want to sort of, it's helpful to realize that it takes many different forms and has different channels as well as different kinds of benefits. So, hmm... Maybe just not too much more, but um, catalyze and sustain. That's what I've written down here. <laughs> so to have images, phrases, memories, you know, words that we can do it for five minutes or for an hour or just when it occurs to us or, you know, again, a lot of possibilities and then sustain. And it can, as some of you probably know, it can sustain into samadhi, into very profound collectedness and gatheredness of mind, you know, into, um, into jhana, into absorption. And so just to, to, again, to know that possibility and have a sense of that. And so coming towards the end of this somewhat strange stream of consciousness around metta um, I want to share from the Buddhist teachings which touches on this sense of the connecting and the sustaining and this sort of suffusive pervasive quality of the some sense of the energy or the uh, the state or the intention can suffuse and infuse the, the, the embodiment, the sense of the body, the mind, the space of awareness, if you like. Yeah. Can infuse you can and again it's um, then also it's it talks about direction, so this sense of radiating. And some people just practice in that way, right? All directions above and below and around and that the um, maybe the image we might have one memory and then we just touch that it might be a being a beloved being of some kind and just and then we just gradually let that let the mind okay so now I'm making this kind of gesture where um, mind is drawn to something because it's pleasant it's it's, it's enjoyable, it feels hard oh, to, to remember that, right? So we think of it again, and there can be this sense of then the mind naturally starts to vibrate with this quality, and then eventually the, the catalyst, right, the object, the thought, the memory, that can kind of fade out, and you just have the beautiful sort of energy or vibration of metta 
that you can feel either very obviously or very subtly in the mind, if that makes any sense at all to anyone. <laughs> and then when it fades and you start thinking about what's for lunch again, you <laughs> just come gently bring back that memory, you know, or that person that you're wanting to send love to or whatever, and then you let that energy sort of start to pervade and the sense of the whole body. And um, and again, like, it, it can be so subtle. And just because it's subtle, it doesn't mean it's not beautiful and helpful. And just even, like, it doesn't matter. You can play with that and think, well, is that it or is that not it? Don't worry. No. If it's, there's a learning, there's an exploring, yeah. And finding, you know, again, memory, image, words that kind of resonate and then you can explore a bit if you like. Um, so maybe I'll bring this to a close. Just, I, w- I want to read the, just this one part of the chant of the four immeasurable states, which you can find in the chanting room if you're interested, but I'm not going to chant it. I just want to read it to give you this sense of another way of conceiving of or mm, exploring a cultivation of of metta. So I'm just going to read this translation of, because this is all four, but I'll just read the metta one. Here a disciple dwells pervading one direction with her heart filled with loving kindness. Likewise, the second, the third, and the fourth direction. So above, below, and around, she dwells pervading the entire world, everywhere and equally, with her heart filled with loving kindness, abundant, grown great, measureless, free from enmity, and free from distress. So maybe from that we can get a sense of the liberating and healing potential of that, that quality, that practice, and clearing, healing the heart, opening, opening the mind, the consciousness, and freeing us yeah, from what obscures and impedes and limits our happiness and freedom and our capacity to to love and serve so may our practice be of benefit to ourselves and to everybody here and may our practice be infused with a sense of kindness that brings healing and happiness and peace for ourselves and yeah, for all those we come in contact with and for all beings everywhere. Mm. So thank you for your attention.
So let's close our time together by chanting the reflection on the sharing of blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.